Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. Cheers to you, Danny. Back at a favorite spot, Johnny. Cheers to you. And uh, for the first time in season two, I think I'm drinking surf wax on the show. Let's go. Cheers to that. Uh, I've got a Pilsner here at Burial Beer Company. And the reason why we're back here is because we were out once again at Atrium Health Performance Park at Charlotte FC headquarters this time though, Danny. AKA the facility. We had an opportunity to do our first Charlotte FC player interview. Now you've heard Clay Dimmick, the captain for the independence on the show. You've heard A.O. Flanagan. You've heard Omar Cease. But finally, the Pac-Man Pac as well, Austin Pac. Right. Finally, we have a Charlotte FC player on the show, Danny. And he inspired us to, to come over here and get a couple pints after the interview. Because right. he asked us, where's the pints? It's Scott Arfield, Danny. <laughs> Scott Arfield's on this show. The Scotsman joined us. And, of course, the conversation uh, at, at, uh, couldn't help but turn to pints by the end of it. <laughs> and so uh, he had to go. But we had a free afternoon uh, to go get some pints. So, so we're here. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side of this interview to talk about the big match against LAFC on Saturday night. But... Let's just get straight to it. Enjoy this interview with Charlotte FC midfielder Scott Arfield. All right, Danny, finally. We've got him here. We've Man. got him in the flesh. How long have we waited for this moment? Uh, it's here. Scott Arfield. Uh, he's on the Charlotte Soccer Show. Scott, thanks so, so much for, for taking the time and joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me, guys. We've got a lot to talk to you about. First and foremost, we want to welcome you to the States and just talk about your experience making this transition, right? You're somebody who has Premier League experience, who has Champions League experience at the highest level. What's it been like? To, to throw in World Cup experience? You, you certainly can. <laughs> You, you mind if I can. throw that in? So like, yeah. we're, we're sitting here in town. We're watching you go through this experience. Uh, we want to hear it from the man himself. What's it been like? Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been <clears throat> such a journey. If somebody says to me when I started at Falkirk at you know, 17, 18, that you'd have a career like this, it's one that you've wanted in terms of, you know, haven't been the most world you respect under the most glamorous clubs. People don't look at the clubs in such glamour. Maybe Rangers, obviously, with the... With the uh, the fan structure and stuff that they've got. However, you know, like the Burnley thing was just amazing. It was fantastic. Uh, myself and Ashley was there together, um, getting to, to play against all the players at the, at the highest level and, and taking little things from, from from everybody's game. And then obviously when you get to Rangers, the, the, the demand and the, the expectation on you propels you to a new level and then obviously getting to, getting to the Champions League, which everybody, that was my, my dream as a kid was, was always to get to England as, qu as quickly as possible and to play in the Champions League. So that was my thing. That was my that was my thing that my dad and my brother used to watch the Champions League. He was I don't know the connection, but my dad was a big Juventus fan, and uh, we used to watch when Juventus was in the in the late nineties when Juventus was Juventus, and used to we used to go around his house and watch that. So that was the Champions League nights and Tuesday Wednesdays, and then playing in the competitions on a Tuesday and Wednesday just propelled me back. 20 years for that time, so special moments. Yeah, then it turns into a professional finish, bottom left-hand corner yeah. against Liverpool. I mean, like, think about that. That's <laughs> right. It's insane to, to have experienced that and to bring that leadership and that experience to Charlotte FC. What's it like talking to the guys about that? Uh, we've not really spoken about it. Oh, really? No, we've not really spoken about anything like that, no. We, we got, they don't we care? What, what's these guys' problem? They haven't asked well, you about listen, it? Listen, I'm, I'm not a bragger. <laughs> okay, okay. They've not asked. Okay. So, sure, sure. You know, well. that's, that's the thing. But these, these boys are they're brilliant. They've been, they've been amazing. Um, you know, I've got such a young core of players as well. You know, I've got experience, probably got every a young, a young core, a middle core, and then we've got the older experience. So in terms of the balance of the squad, it's been, it's been very strong. And hopefully, you know, you can put that into had the fruition in, the, in these remaining 11 games. Well, you're not a bragger. That's great. But I think you these guys need to hear some of the, the messages <laughs> you have because we got a, 11 games, like you just mentioned. We're sitting outside of the, the playoff positions we want to be in right now. We need points. We have six of the 11 are at home. We just got to win our home games and we're in, right? That, that, is that the mentality? Like, like what, what, What's the mindset that you want everyone on this team to have for this last stretch? Well, that's exactly what it, what it is. Listen, you need to win games. You need to win games, and certainly since I've been here, 
we've done enough to win the games. It's just scoring at, at critical moments, and th- and that's that's the difference because in, in any league, particularly in this league, when it's when it's you know transitions are, are, are more more key in this league. So if you don't take them, someone's going to punish you, like the like the Miami games and yeah. Um, it's a lot of end-to-end soccer in MLS, yeah, right? Especially the last 30 minutes of any match. And that, that's global, but like, have you seen that the, that character of MLS come out different to the other leagues you've been in? Yeah, definitely. And you know, in the, in the, the players that score the most goals are the strikers, particularly in this league, they put so much money and so much emphasis on the strikers that the, the most important players are the, are the forward players. So if you don't take your chances in your team, you know that there's a chance that, that this quality of the player that you're, the opposition you're playing against is certainly going to take their chances. So it's scoring at critical moments um, and hopefully that's what we're here for. We need to get to the playoffs, we need to win as many games as possible. You know, you're talking about winning winning home games or winning six games, you know, you could you want to win as many as you want. You know, there's, there's no minimum and you know, you want to, you want to win the 11 games and, and see where that takes you. Just win all 11, yeah, why not? Yeah, exactly. You know, the minute you can have a goal, you can have a uh, a minimal goals and, and marginal gains, but you know the the moment that you sort of don't look forward and you have a you have a challenge and you exceed it, and then you've got the remaining five games. What do you do in there? Because you've already won your mm-hmm. the ones that you wanted to win. So you know you just keep going and keep going and, and try to ex- exceed uh, expectations. So so MLS play is back. There's two games here in the Queen City in the next week, which is awesome, not just for the club but for for the supporters around town. Uh, it's been uh, a few weeks since the Nakaxa match. Where you scored your first goal as, as a Charlotte FC player, what was that feeling like? And you know, even though the League's Cup run ended in a way that you know probably you guys saw yourself getting to the semis, maybe winning the first trophy in, in Charlotte FC history, there has to be some confidence coming out of that League's Cup run to take in to these next couple of games. And you personally getting on the score sheet, how are you feeling now compared to to a month ago? No, absolutely. That's what you want to do, you know. And I've said that every every club that I've been to, you, you cannot have the emphasis in the striker scoring goals because. You know, defenders look for them, so you need to you need to find goals from anywhere, and that's predominantly through my career. That's what I've tried to do to try and help the team as much as possible and, and take the, the pressure off the strikers. So to get on it, you know, I probably was three or four days earlier in Dallas when I scored and Carroll got in got in the way and it got chopped off. And I have to say, Messi scores the exact same goal. You tell me that's not offside. <laughs> Thank you. You're preaching to the choir. I'm yes, glad you said it. If you didn't say it, I was going to say goal. it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. In fact, it was ruled, it, it was chopped off for Messi live and then given to him on VAR, yeah. I think. So if I, yeah, so like, can't yeah. have two different results. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, it should have been two in a week. But That's right. That's right. We know. Um, but yeah, you want to go. You want to just keep going as, as much as you can and, and, and try and take the pressure off the striker. So it was a, it was a wonderful feeling scoring my, scoring my first goal and... The home goals are always better because you can hear the roar, roar of the crowd. So yeah, wonderful. We we were lucky enough. That was the the night that we were down in the vault, sort of like the right next to the field uh, yeah. section of seats. We had like uh, a friend hooked us up with tickets to go down there. That's not our normal seats, and um, it was amazing. See, like that moment right at the end of the first half, just the crowd goes yeah. absolutely yeah. nuts. Like to to feel that, and and I want to know like what's your Connection with the supporters already. The youth, uh, we call the, we like to call the stadium the fortress. You know, sort of the royal the royal theme uh, with the yeah. for the crown. So we call it the fortress, the castle, the keep, and uh, how do you connect with the, the first of all? Scott's got somebody that grew up near Edinburgh, so he, <laughs> yeah. he knows know what it's like uh, to protect the castle. castle. <laughs> we, yeah, we have to educate people on that. We call it the keep, and they're like, "What's a keep?" Like, yeah. Read a book. I get it, you know? I get it, I get it. No, it's been amazing. I've really enjoyed that um, since I came here. I said this. I was training three weeks to, prior to my first game, so I had that three-week block training with the players, getting to know them off the pitch as well as on, on the pitch. So, you know, it does take. Even though you're doing that three-week, it does take time when you're when you're in game situations, and um, you obviously you've got a team team against you that's desperate to win as well. So it does take time. Um, and then the catcher, you know, you want to score your first goal, so you've done that. So now there's there's new goals to get the next goal and to keep playing and to keep helping the team as much as possible. But yeah, I've really enjoyed myself here so far. My kids are really enjoying it. They start school next week. So yeah, it's been it's been really good. I want to ask, we're talking about scoring goals. What's the origin of the salute celebration? Uh, I love that it, it's a cool, really cool, it's fun to do. We can all do it as, as fans. Uh, there's an emoji for it, which is great, you know, obviously <laughs> in the, in the uh, digital world. Uh, and then, what do you think of Hanny Mukhtar, the MLS MVP last year, who also does the same thing? Why did you let him steal that from you? Did he, come, <laughs> did he ask to borrow that? I don't know. I think he must watch Scottish football. Yeah, football. yeah, he, he must. must yeah. Watch it. He is German, yeah. 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 There you go. Um, but it actually all started with um, my assistant manager, Tommy Coleshaw, 
who was Gerard's assistant and he used to call me the Mountie, obviously with the Canadian connection. And for some reason I walked through the door and his little Scouse accent he called me the Mountie and I just done it in the, in the middle of the canteen before breakfast one day. And I, and then I always wanted something prior to it. I didn't know what it was going to be because obviously the fan base and stuff, I thought this was this would be amazing to have this little thing. And, and I just gathered momentum. I remember a player, uh, Jean-Claude Darcheville, done something similar as a Rangers player and it caught on uh, all the kids. And then luckily, my kids are at an age now where they see similar little kids doing the same thing when they see me and they think it's incredible that, oh, that daddy's got this little thing. So it really has, uh, I scored my first goal um, in Spain against Villarreal in Europa League and then in the, the stadium was so high that it looked as if I was just looking for the fans but that was my first night that the salute was on show and I just caught on and uh, yeah one half of the city in Glasgow despise it the other half love it that's just what Scotland is and uh, yeah it is what it is and it's, uh, it's a nice wee celebration yeah I'm not surprised in the Europa League that they would stick the away supporters way up in the top those, <laughs> yeah. those matches can get a little crazy yeah, yeah, in that yeah, league it's yeah. a great league I, I enjoy Europa League that's what, it must have been an amazing experience playing that playing across Europe but one thing that we love to do on the show is we like to you know we, we talk tactics and we want to get into the midfield conversation just briefly before learning about you a little bit more and just kind of the idea of this midfield part that is seem, seemingly bubbling to, to the surface between Ashley Westwood, of course, and Brant Bronico, and you playing in the middle there. What's that like uh, in training on a day-to-day basis? What's the competition like with those guys? Yeah, amazing. Brilliant. Obviously, we've got Brecht in there now who's coming in. Ben Bender can play in. He's played wide against um, Miami, but he can certainly play in the middle of the pitch. And in any successful team, you need competition. That's You know, you cannot have a set players that... that have a divine right to play. Obviously, the captain might be a little bit different. In this case, it's, it's Ashley. Um, but you cannot have, think that your that your jersey is always yours because that's when you obviously get in a self um, benefit of not playing, and then next minute you're out, and then you know it just doesn't work for the dynamic of the team. So, certainly in, in competition on a daily basis, it's been it's been brilliant. Um, I didn't know much about Brandt. We had a mutual friend in Matt Poster who's at uh, New England who came to Glasgow and played with Brant in Chicago, so he reached out to me prior to prior to coming here to talk about Brant. But it certainly surprised me in, in um, so many games that we've played, played together, even in training, so comfortable in the ball. His work ethic, his, his drive and his willingness to win is, uh, is fantastic. And obviously Ashley, I knew, I knew prior to coming here how good he was. Um, Ashley's skills is on the ball when he can really dictate a game. And I'm probably a little bit in between where I don't really. I'm not really that bothered about touching the ball as many times. I just want to get forward and help the striker as much as possible. Sometimes you you can get a little bit more involved, and sometimes you can't. That's just the the position that the manager wants you to play. And you know, I'm I'm more than happy to keep doing that to help the team. The phrase that comes to mind, and this is I love a player like this, a midfield player specifically. That's not afraid to bomb into the box, right? Yeah. You don't have the ball. You're not on the ball. You know, let's make a run. Let's get myself on the get into the mixer and see what what happens. And it takes it takes somebody with confidence to Absolutely. to be in that position. Absolutely. Listen, I've seen so many players over the years that get the ball and pass it five yards, and they might have a hundred passes and a hundred percent percent record and successful rate. But like, what is that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, totally. It, it, it might play a, a pivotal role in the team. It might activity without achievement. Yeah, and, and yeah. it might be it might be good to, to to move it, but when it's when it's not, and it's just passing for the sake of passing, I'd rather I'd rather play a little bit different. And thankfully, as a manager here that wants me to play like that, and and through my career, I've been I've been lucky enough to to have the managers that sort of let me let me have the freedom. But then to have the freedom, you need to know that you're secure with, with somebody behind you like Ashley and, and Brent as well. There's something about a Scotsman saying the word freedom that really does it. For <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I see, I'm seeing the Mel Gibson gift for sure. You know, for sure. I, should, should paint, I want to paint my face blue now. Uh, uh, I want to ask you, said, you mentioned earlier as, as we were talking, you said maybe I didn't play for the most high glamour clubs like Burnley or whatever. But Burnley, you were there at a time when it was a really cool project. It was a club that had was promoting, that was growing, yeah. that was getting better. Like you were part of a project to get from Championship to Premier League and and succeed and, and stay and sustain in the Premier League. Similar to where we're at now, we're a new club. We're trying to make a name for ourselves, establish ourselves. Do you feel any link in the energy of like the rising nature of Burnley while you were there with what you've got here at Charlotte? Absolutely, very similar, very similar in terms of you know you're almost underdog. Try to try mm-hmm. overtake it, and I, and I love that feeling. Um, as I say, it's with, the, with, with Rangers, it was so massive that even in, in America, there's, 
like you probably seen with the Charlotte stuff. There's a, there's fans of yeah. Rangers yeah. everywhere. The, yeah. the club is absolutely yeah. People will meet up at seven a.m. to go watch, and, watch and a Rangers and match. And there's such a, yeah. you know, I feel such a privilege and a, and a pleasure to be able to represent that club. Falkirk was a was a little club in in Scotland where I where I first um, had my debut season when I first broke through. Loved it as well, gave them a chance, more opportunity. Hopefully one day I can go back there and, and and play there and sort of finish the career. And then Huddersfield was down in a little village sort of sort of town in the in the middle of England, similar to Burnley. So, but in in these little little towns and villages, they only care about one team. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't care about your Manchester United's and your cities. They care about their team, and their team is who you need to represent. So when you're in there, you actually feel as if the clubs are bigger than than anybody else because they don't. They're not bothered about anybody else. So it was an amazing sort of connection that I had with the Huddersfield fans and the Burnley fans, where you know that you're, you're taking on, the, especially when we get to the, the Premier League after we get promoted in the first year. You get to the Premier League and then you're playing against these the big boys and the big boys are coming to town and you know they didn't like it. You know we went down in the first year. We, there were certain times in that that year that we never. I don't think we won our first ten games in the first season and back in the Premier League. I think we had a couple of draws and then that start really really reeled us off to mm-hmm. to relegation and then the next year when we won the championship, the momentum went and then uh, we really really uh, made a mark and I think we finished, ended up finishing seventh two years later in the Premier League so once you get momentum and once you get a, a full crowd in it it's it's almost unstoppable um, to stop and that's what I feel like Charlotte's got at this minute in time with the fan base and everybody the new franchise mm-hmm. you know the love for the games coming into, into America which you know more and more and more kids really want to be soccer players now and this is this is an amazing time to have this franchise in, in this place in this city and you know, it's only a matter of time before you still you, you start getting the tendencies that the Panther games are getting because you know the fan base will keep growing and keep growing, and uh, we'll look back at this and hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll look back at this in very fondness at the start of something great. Saturday night, the the upper deck is open. the The vibe of the stadium is going to be amazing. Yeah. Love when the club decides to open the right. upper deck. There'll be forty k uh, plus. Yeah. yeah. There, we there's been a few times where Dan and I have been walking in when the upper deck was open, and we were just like, "Hey, you know, what's 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 the situation going to be like? Is there going to be a lot of people up there?" And every time we get in the building, we go, "Man, the the, the supporters just absolutely show up for this squad on a, on a Saturday night too." It's been hot around town. There's no doubt about that. But these these nighttime kickoffs make it, I think, uh, bearable for the fans, and I'm probably much easier. For, easier for for y'all to play as well. And uh, I think it's important heat. to say as well, like how important and testament to the media team. You know how much work they do to try and to try and bring the fans in because totally. as players, if you've got a if you've got a capacity stadium that's seventy thousand plus, you don't want to really. Uh, obviously, we're, we're very privileged to be playing in front of forty plus thousand. But if you've got a seventy thousand capacity, you want to fill that. You want to play as, mm-hmm. as much in front of people's eyes as possible so testament to the media team that when you get this and, and you keep driving the messages and you've got kids that really is in awe and, and really wants to be part of this this club then that's that's the most important thing if things go right we'll have 70 on October 20th when uh, that uh, little Argentinian cheater comes to town <laughs> sure. Uh, What's his name? <laughs> I don't know. He scored some goal that we mentioned yeah, earlier. Yeah, uh, I want to ask you. I, I know you got to go. But thank you yes. so much for the generosity yes. with your time. We, we got to talk music. Are you you're talk a huge music musician. Here? You play guitar. You, you're know. famously on the internet serenading your buddy at his wedding. Uh, when can we go to a Scott Arfield concert around Charlotte? Have you got, have you got, do you have a venue? We can get you a gig. I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah, sure yeah. if it pays, but we can get you a gig. <laughs> oh, I don't want money. I don't want money. Exactly. Just a couple of beers. A couple of beers no, we, we can do that. What we do you think of that. the American music scene? Like, what, what kind of music are you into? What are you listening to right now? What are you playing right now? Like, let's just talk about like, your personality and your music a little bit. Well, I started in indie music, and I've had this conversation. So, the indie music in, in the UK is a little bit different. It's a little bit genreified um, differently. So, it was like Arctic Monkeys, Oasis, The Smiths. Even the Beatles back then was my right. was the view the you rifles. Four bands I love, yeah. All, all the, exactly. So all, all these sort of um, bands and musicians would really really grab me. I was actually into rap music, ironically, right at the start. From probably about twelve to fourteen, I went to a music shop and I bought a, a two pack a two pack poster from my bedroom wall, and then I done that, and then my brother put on the Arctic Monkeys. I bet you look good in the dance floor, and that oh, was the yeah. first time that I heard something. And I've heard my uncles and my aunties and my my father saying, "When you hear music, you know you love music." And that was the first time I think I might have been maybe 
15, 16 at the time my brother put this on he was having a party next door and he put this song on and then something just it was a guitar music and then that was my moment of right this is what I love so from there that's such a good album ended. a certain, oh, a certain romance best, best song incredible. ever yeah. that's actually yeah. one of my favourites to play as Terrific. well yeah. and um, yeah incredible so that was my first um, love for like proper love for music and then I just spiralled and then myself my brother was a bassist, my best mate Liam Corbett, he's the guitarist, then we got a drummer, we started writing our own music, one that I've actually got tattooed here, and uh, we went on a few gigs, and then I had an ultimatum at Falkirk, and the coach came into me and that basically says to me, do you want to be a musician, or do you want to be a, a football player, a soccer player? So I went back to my brother, and my brother couldn't believe that I was actually asking, <laughs> and he can I swear on this podcast? Oh yeah, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> please. He says, are you fucking joking? And I says, yes. I says, are we going to have a good go? And he says, no, you need to play football. So I went to play football. Thankfully yeah. it's paid off at the end. And then the band started to keep going and then they ended up playing with some, some big bands around the UK, supporting festivals and, and done really well for themselves. Wrote a few a few albums myself. And, so uh, you would have been successful either way, basically. Well, well my, brother, my brother came off the bass and he started singing. Ah, so he's always yeah. told me that he propelled the band into, yeah, into stardom. Yeah. yeah, so, but me and my brother, and my, all, all my mates are musicians. I've, I've probably only got, you know, probably five or six real friends in, in soccer and then the rest of them are all musicians so they're all sort of creative and that's what I love my most he's a creative mind clearly and he's creative in the midfield as well I, you, might, you not, might not be able to connect those dots but when you start <laughs> to think about it you realize like the creativity that it takes to right. be a musician and the creativity right. that it takes to play in the midfield it's th- mm-hmm. there's there's something there where it's, mm-hmm. you're, you're somewhat singing the same it, song the it, it's also the, the bu- mu- guitar playing is such a beautiful blend of, of techni- technicality plus emotionality yeah, you know absolutely. and I think that applies to a uh, soccer pitch absolutely. as well absolutely couldn't yeah. agree with you more it's the Charlotte Soccer Show John Hayes Danny Bram and Scott Arfield, Danny, he's on the show. It's been a pleasure to meet you. It's been a pleasure to have you. Good luck this weekend. It's a, and these run of games coming up, we're, we're going to be watching. I know the TFOs, we call them the tremendous friends of the show. They're going to be excited to get to know you a little bit and then watch you finish out this season. We, we wish you nothing but the best. Thanks for coming. Wonderful, guys. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoy the rest of the season. Cheers. Cheers. We do wonderful things together. And Next we'll time we'll have some pints. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Because that is a theme of our show. I just we, we didn't know if we were allowed to bring beers to the facility. <laughs> Right, Danny, it's in the books. What do you think? The first ever interview with the Charlotte FC player on the show. And what do you think? You know, we got 20 minutes of Scott's time, face to face, was able to look him right in the eye. And what I'll say about the interview, just aside from all the the awesome answers he had to our to our questions, he was unbelievably engaged in that conversation, right? He came into the room, mm-hmm. he lit up the room. He was fascinated to hear what our questions were mm-hmm. and very excited to 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 get to know us a little bit, which I thought was great. And you should have seen him, Danny. When you started to talk to him about music at the end there, I mean he lit up. He was he, he a musician turned soccer player. Pretty right. cool guy. I mean that, that, think about it, man. These guys talk about their trade every single time a microphone is put in front of them. And for us to get the privilege to be able to go and meet one of the guys who's representing our club that we're all part of, we're not fans of this club, we are this club, and so and we are represented on the pitch through the squad, and, and to have a squad member sit down and take some time to talk with us, there's no way I was going to just ask him a bunch of boring questions that he's already been asked before about his job. I, I want to know who he is a little bit as well. And. Uh, you're right. His eyes lit up when it, the conversation turned to music and talk about Arctic monkeys. I absolutely love. Like I bet that you look good on the dance floor. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're looking for romance or I don't know what you're looking for. Make sure you get that on the pregame playlist on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, night. it better be. It better be. I mean, if Scotty wants it, man, Scotty <laughs> does know. And uh, we didn't get to talk to him about Scotty doesn't know, which is a music. Like the, the link was there, but we ran out of time. We probably would have got there. Um, but that's you know that's him and. and it, um, I'm going to cheer for him even that much harder now. No, you know, I'm always going to cheer for our guys, but but knowing what Scotty Arfield is uh, as is a person now a little bit uh, uh, more, and hopefully translating what we witnessed in that interview room through the magic of, of audio 
to all of the people who are, who are uh, able to listen to the interview. I hope that he just picked up a huge chunk of a, of a new sort of you know diehard fan base uh, within Charlotte FC. Well, there's, that- there, there's a few things that, that stuck out to me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask what stuck out to you, and I'm going to start with first just the experience, right? I wanted to underscore the experience that that's, that Scott has um, in Europe and, and now here in the United mm-hmm. States because and uh, ultimately I think that's so important down the stretch right. of this season. But specifically what I wanted to call out, and, I, and we, we got into this a little bit, Scott being part of the promotion side mm-hmm. from Burnley in the championship to the Premier League. He was also in Huddersfield when Huddersfield was in League One yeah. and then got promoted into the championship. Right. He's qualified for Europa competitions, mm-hmm. Champions League competitions. Mm-hmm. This is somebody who seems to be followed by success. And you know how you you have that success in the the game in in the in the world of soccer is you win games that you must win, and we face eleven games where every single one of them is a must win. I mean, you know, yeah. we can't we can't afford to lose at this point. You can classify it, clarify it, everyone. But I lo- I thought you talk about things that stood out. How about me saying, yeah, you know, Scott, I mean, is it just a win all the home games and we're going to be good type thing? He's like, no, we're going to go win every single one of the 11 <laughs> games, idiot. Like, <laughs> I, I loved that. Yeah. You know, it was, it was like, yeah. he was like, it's like, why would we limit ourselves to, to a mid-tier goal when we uh, have 11 opportunities to go get three points? Let's go get 33 points and, and host a home playoff game and uh, tell the rest to leave to, to uh, can I swear on this pod? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, I love that question. The answer to that is always yes. The That's why there's an explicit uh, logo next to our podcast in the Apple <laughs> But we do have some or, kids listeners. Yes, we do we have do. some kids. So Somebody, shout, somebody's got to teach them. Shout out to progressive parenting. I, I tell my, my daughter, I don't I don't care. I'm not trying to teach you to not swear. I'm teaching you to swear effectively. So there you go. The other thing that stood out to me, I, I thought this was really, really interesting, right? Because... I basically named my first choice midfield to Scott, mm-hmm. right? I was like, yeah, so you got a midfield partnership with Brent Bronico and Ashley Westwood. How's that going? And he's like, well, don't forget about Brecht and right. Ben Bender. He immediately started talking about competition. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. You know, so like I, that, my ears perked when he started to talk about the guys that I didn't even mention. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that puts in a perspective that there really is right now five guys on this squad playing for three midfield spots Mm -hmm. and that competition i think is healthy you're over the bender wing experiment from a couple games ago (laughs) well he even mentioned that marfield said well he played out in the wing in that game and i think you know arfield noticed that because i think most people when they saw that lineup choice by latanzio were like huh yeah I, that was a that was a man. I wish McKean's Gaines was healthy to spot for sure. But right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, the Gaines just offering the pace that he does. He would so. have been much uh, more dangerous to Miami. But, but I, I I just I just think that um, as we sit here and we we enjoy this pint on the on the back patio at at, at Burial Beer Company, it's 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 you a day that you take your car to work. I'll take my board, man. Surf Wax America. Let's go. It's. It's a day that, and it's an afternoon, and it's a weekend. We're about to ride the wave into the weekend. That's what we're about to do. And this this wave is 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 coming. And it, there's nothing that that we can do to stop it. There's nothing this club can do to stop it. Right. There's nothing that the supporters can, can do to stop it. We're talking about the most important stretch of games in club history right now. So, when folks are listening to this, by the time folks are listening to this, within the next seven days or less. We will have had two home matches, and we have a chance to drastically reshape the entire playoff picture. The table can be completely flipped on its head if we can go out and get six points from the next two home matches. I'm going to keep stressing: home matches, home matches. We got we haven't been good at home this year, but we protected the fortress and defended the keep last year much better. We can recapture that. Six points by next Wednesday Changes at 11 p.m. Everything. just absolutely takes this season and yeah. puts it into hyperdrive. It absolutely does. I know you got to take them one at a time, but you can't help but see the, the opportunity of that pairing of right. matches. And typically, you've you've heard us talk about a six point Saturday, mm-hmm. um, but we're looking for six points over the span of seven days. <laughs> yeah, this time six around, six point week. Yeah, absolutely. So I think ultimately, what I want to do, Danny, is I just want to thank um, everyone at the club uh, for for making Scott available to us. To, to join this show, to have a real honest conversation with him, not not only just about his time at, at Charlotte FC, but, his, but about his time um, in Europe as well, because I think that's that's really mm-hmm. important, and, and to, to get to know him a little bit as a person. And I think there's been a real effort 
by the club and its staff to maybe get some of these players out there right now in a way that they haven't really been before. Right, right. I agree. You're seeing it uh, in all formats and all, all avenues of media. You're seeing more yeah. interviews popping around. And, and I think, if, you, if, if I'm honest, I think that's a direct result of the move into the facility, Atrium Health Performance Park, if you want to be formal. If you, you know, I, I like to keep it casual, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, having everyone in that one office gets brainstorming, gets people looking at each other. Get, so, let's, say, let's say someone that works as, you know, in the communications department but doesn't run the communications department has an idea, like, oh, I sh- we should get a local podcast involved with talking to our players, but they're not in the same office as their boss, and they have you know have to wait for the next Zoom meeting, and they don't get a chance to bring it up, and all that. So just like having everyone in that same facility, as much as, I, as we all love remote work, and we all try to find that that beautiful hybrid, uh, in office, out of office in our lives, uh, for those that do work office jobs, uh, it's been kind of the the theme of the last few years. There's something to be said for getting everybody under one roof so you can bounce ideas off each other. So there's one thing that we haven't really spoken about when it comes to LAFC in this match on Saturday is that they're playing tonight. We're talking on a Wednesday afternoon. LAFC is playing at home tonight against Colorado, getting on a flight on the next couple days to come all the way across the country to play at Charlotte mm-hmm. in a game that these players right now are not even thinking about. And this and this is a game that means everything to Charlotte FC. I would, I, I would really venture to say that I think there's been one place, and, I, and the numbers would back this up. I don't have the numbers here. But when Charlotte FC hosts a team that has had less time to prepare than they have, typically... Charlotte FC performs well in that match. I believe we're undefeated in that situation. And if someone knows different, that's fine. But I believe we're undefeated in that situation. <laughs> I love this, the uh, the identification of that, that dynamic. Um, not to mention, just being real about it, this is not a cause for celebration whatsoever, but these LA guys just got hurricaned on. I mean, they're, they're dealing with, like, issues in their real lives. They're flying to Colorado. They're flying to Charlotte. Like, this is the time to play them. We don't know if Carlos Vela is going to be available We'll, we'll know more after the Colorado. We don't know anything about their availability because they have another game before they even play us, like you said. The difference in the preparation for these two teams has to make Charlotte the favorite, in my opinion. Even though LAFC is, on, on paper, talent-wise, a better team than we are, I we have to go in expecting three points out of this game. We just have to. Looking up whether to see an early number has been posted on this match, and, and, and I think the early number kind of reflects exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Charlotte FC not quite the favorite. LAFC plus 145 right now. Charlotte FC plus 175 a draw right. at plus 240. That signals to me that the the handicappers are looking at this match yeah. as a 50-50 as proposition. A total yeah. LAFC is a better team, but it's a 50-50 toss-up. Right. And we need it. We desperately need it. So like it's put up or shut up time in terms of you know what these players can accomplish. We've heard so many great things. You know what I'm saying? Like. In all the ups and downs of this year, um, I mean, you think about what this team has gone through since January. We all know the, the litany of, of events. We hear the talk has been good. Every They're always saying the right things. There's never been any controversial in 2023. There's never been any like statement that, that I can think of that pops out that's like, I can't believe this Charlotte player slash executive slash coach slash representative said this crazy thing. I mean, the the one except for the thing about Latanzio saying uh, we were – not compact enough. Well, there was a couple weeks there, Danny, when, well, when you like legitimately couldn't stop over-analyzing everything that Christian Sure, but that's my said. own like personal kink. Yes. That's like yeah, my yeah, own yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, right. like that's not like th- those, those quotes weren't making waves on even a, even a regional scale, much less national. So what I'm saying is, all I'm saying is that Charlotte FC players and coaches and executives and reps and everyone has always said the right things in the terms of all the adversity we face and, and the struggles. The, the right thing has been said all the time. And what I'm saying is talk only gets you so far. You have to go out and beat LAFC on Saturday. Another point that I want to bring up about LAFC, because you know, when I think about LAFC, I think of uh, the class of MLS. Right. A Model franchise. Defending uh, champions. Exactly. And... Through 23 games, LAFC has accumulated 37 points, which gets them second place in the West. If LAFC had 37 points in the East, 
That would put them in the eighth place play-in game position. That's insane. That is the problem. This is something that I've been monitoring. That's one of the most insightful things that's been said in six or seven weeks on the podcast. I, I, I've been I, monitoring I salute, this. I salute you for bringing that up because that is such a great point. And also, guess who's leading the West right now? Tell us, John. Well, the inaugural <laughs> St. Louis City. The West FC. is a mess. The West yeah. sucks, basically, is what yeah. you're telling me. You like just look at the East. The East is so much tougher. See, totally Seattle is what, sitting what? fourth in the West and just got their doors blown off by Atlanta right. at home. And uh, most people would say Atlanta is not that good. And so my uh, my question is, where would our points total put us in the West? I wonder. So uh, Charlotte FC uh, would put at twenty six points. They would put him about the same spot. Um, but. But it's fighting just, fewer teams, I think. But it's right? much yeah. more jumbled at yeah. that point. Charlotte FC yeah. sitting with 26 points at the moment would be five points out of the ninth position, which is almost exactly where they are, six it, points out of the, the east position. My it, point it's is... It's some nuts, I get it. Like We're not trying to like disprove a hypothetical, but what is your point? The, the point is, is that the west is not as top-heavy right. as the east. Right. It's... From, from 1 to 10 in the West, it's very similar. I, I really do think in the East, when you're talking about um, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Orlando, right? I think you're talking about New England, who's got 43 points right okay. now. New England is they're losing their goalkeeper, though. Could right. be It could be a huge, right. huge one loss the, for them. One of the teams we face. One of the teams we On face. Run it, out. It's, a, it's a huge, huge opportunity. So I, 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 I really am hopeful... I'm optimistic. I feel good. I feel like Christian Latanzio, Danny. I think he has a full squad to pick from for the most part heading into this match Saturday night. So I agree. I, I, strangely, though, just being just examining my own feelings. Yep. I'm not that optimistic. I'm actually okay. kind of like I'm actually kind of like, man. I don't know if we can do it. Like I I'm very cognizant of the stakes. And I know what needs to be done, and I I feel like I can effectively frame it for listeners to the show. But what I can't do is believe that we can actually pull this off. Okay. Like, I gotta admit, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So who are you looking at on, uh, for LAFC on Saturday? Like, who are the key players on LAFC that this team needs to it, be aware of at all times? It's definitely, definitely, definitely number 99, Dennis Buenga. Like, he is the guy, uh, came over to them. He's the guy that I, one time on the show, I think lamented that uh, he was signed, like, three days after we signed Nuno Santos last summer. And obviously, you know, different levels. He's a DP for L.A. and all that. Uh, we, we didn't have a DP slot available necessarily. But, or maybe we did, actually. We could have made one. Anyway, Dennis Buonga is, like, a beast for LAFC. And so he is a guy that, like, for the first six weeks of the season and during uh, CONCACAF Champions League, he, like, dominated for LAFC and, like, got them out to a great start. And then he had kind of a little bit of a dip in form. He kind of hit a, hit a lull. But then now, it, through League's Cup, he like got his mojo back, and it's like this guy's like running, pulling all the strings, running the show for LAFC. LAFC traditionally has relied on Carlos Vela, you know, obviously the great all, all-time great uh, MLS, uh, maybe maybe the best Mexican player that's ever played in MLS. Maybe you can, you can people old school MLSers can fight me on that, but uh, but Vela's great, and. Um, He's kind of up and down this year. He has his moments, but he misses a lot of games for injury now. He's just about re- he's like wishy-washy on if he's going to retire at the end of the season. So Vela can hurt us at any given time, but he's not necessarily the guy that like we super have to stop. It's Dennis Bowanga for sure. So if if you want to do some research, uh, if you're listening to this before the match on Wednesday night, which if you are good for you, because I'm probably gonna, I'm not going to publish this until like Wednesday night at nine o'clock. <laughs> Um, so then if, you qualify for super tifo status. That, <laughs> so yeah. if you um, if if you are on Thursday or Friday or Saturday morning wanting wanting to get a feel, uh, make sure that you go on the Apple app, go into the MLS package and rewatch the match Wednesday night, uh, and get a feel for what this team is going to bring to the keep and right. and and start to understand what realistically because I think LAFC has this aura around its club. I think you say those four letters out loud and you feel like you're going up against really, really difficult... The black and gold. Right. You know? yeah. Really, you, you know how... It doesn't, doesn't hurt. It doesn't help that they beat us 5-0 in L.A. last year. Shout out Brett Thompson for going to that match. Yeah, I mean, a tremendous Tifos <laughs> went there and uh, took it on the chin and he came back a better man. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no doubt about that. So I think there's a lot of nuance when it comes to this match on Saturday. And I've got to say, just my my sense of the situation and this is nothing but gut this is nothing but true vibe is that um, with the upper deck open 
this atmosphere on Saturday night is going to be electric, and I think that it's going to will this team into three points. At the worst case scenario, one point. I think a draw could legitimately be on the table here. It's something that this team does a lot. But it, they just need an extra push in that final 10 minutes and, and a sub to come on in that la- final 20 minutes to give us that game-winning goal. I think it might be 1-1 in the 65th minute. When you said the word draw, I started like physically shaking and like vibrating over here. Like, ah, I'm triggered. Like, I, was, I became the triggered gif, you know? Like uh, I think there's this but. game. This Danny, this game is going to... You know when uh, the football cliche um, late in the game when it's when they say something like there's everything left to play for in this yeah, match yeah, you know it's yeah, like yeah. I think that's going to happen in this match around the 70th minute I think that it's going to be so far from being decided I think we're looking at a 1-1 game in the second half and, and we're we're gonna figure out kind of who on Charlotte FC wants to step up and get that game-winning goal? I mean, it sounds like a great value proposition for my uh, entertainment dollar, but it doesn't sound good for my heart. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I love it. If we can do it, if we do beat LFC, I promise I will get back on board. I'll be ex- I'll be all in to, to go beat Orlando. I'm just a little... I need this team to show me something on the pitch, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just at this point where, like, I feel like I've... I can honestly self-assess and be like, I've done my part. I've given my belief to this squad, but I need to see a little bit coming back in the result to continue to do so. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I, I, I do. And, and what I'm trying to go back and see, Danny, is I'm trying to go back and see exactly when that Nakaxa match was. I'm going to say three weeks ago-ish. I don't know. Time, time, time passes strangely in the summertime. No, it was... Um, it was a. It was more than three weeks ago. It was a hell of a long time ago, for sure. I do know that. Uh, you know, it's the season's a marathon, not a sprint. I think that's one of the things we stressed at the beginning of, of this year, right? When we were doing episodes in February, we were like, "Hey, marathon, not a sprint. Marathon, not a sprint." And it's true, because we we've talked. We, you know, from some of our conversations that we've had with people when we were at uh, the facility today, in terms of like. The grind of squeezing this league's cup into the MLS schedule and more midweek games than ever and the fact that like we're off for three weeks and then we play three games in one week and stuff like that. It's just four really weeks. weird. Four it, weeks. Four okay. weeks. Since, and, and that's I, I wanted to bring that up. It was July 29th, Saturday night, July 29th. And I wanted to bring that up because it's been four weeks since Charlotte FC has taken the pitch at home. And I feel like there's been this buzz building around this club and it's and it's leagues cup magical run yeah you got knocked out by Messi in the quarterfinals and that's fine right. and, and that's fine that happens we everybody went, else got knocked out by Messi and, and entered Miami too but we went and won two knockout games in a row every and that matters every single soccer soul in this city who is itching for Charlotte FC is going to show up on Saturday night and I think that we could possibly have the best atmosphere of the season I do your lips to Carol Swiderski's ears my friend how about you give us an update on Carol Swiderski and the transfer rumors? Uh, Carol, I, I'm going to predict uh, in in uh, false, you know, I'm going to puff out my chest and say with, uh, you know, a little less than a week to go in the European transfer window, September 1st is when it closes, I believe. Um, I think Carol stays. There was there was talk, there's been talk, there's been chatter about Salernitana. Uh, Salernitana 1919, I believe is their formal name. Some bullshit Italian club that no one cares about that uh, happens to be managed by the former manager of the Polish national team who loves Karol Swiderski. Uh, this guy, Susa, he got fired by Poland after they bombed out of the World Cup. Um, and now he manages this uh, shit uh, third tier Serie A. Hearing team. you say that it makes me think that the, it's more than rumor. The, 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 the connection is there. And it feels like this actually could be discussed. So, yes, that's true. There definitely is a discussion. There was also there was a there was a rumor. There was no confirmation of this. There's a rumor that Carol was in Italy, like having dinner with the Salernitana players during this break while uh, after the League's Cup elimination. Don't know if that's true or not. May it be true. Who knows? What do you think they talked about? What do they, what do you think they ordered? I, I, that's obviously up for speculation. But what I do know is this. Uh, what had happened was, it came out the, the report to, uh, 
as of the before this recording was that the offer that Salernitana 1919 made for um, made to the Z-Man. They called up the Z-Man down at, at uh, AHPP and said, Hey, Z-Man, you think we could loan Carol Swiderski? And, and if he does really good, then maybe we'll give you some money for him for next year. I mean, and I hope. I don't know if it's possible to bitch slap somebody through the phone lines, <laughs> but I hope to God that Zoran Cornetta gave the biggest bitch slap ever to whoever the fuck called our office and asked for a loan of Carol Swiderski, our best fucking player. Because that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, we're not going to loan Carol Swiderski to a third-tier Serie A team so they can have a relegation scrap. Give me a break. Um, if they want to buy him, they want to pay 12-plus million for him, then, then we can have a discussion. But until then, it's not happening. There's a few days left in the window. He could still move. We all know about how he wants to move. It's easier to move in the summer than the winter. I get it. I think he's going to stay. He's certainly not going to go to that shit club Serie A Salernitana. Okay, so that's your Carol Soderski update, and... On loan. I have, I think, um, something else that I'm starting to, to maybe get a sense for here, Danny, is that there is something happening behind the scenes with Patrick Ajemong. Patrick Ajemong's contract is up at the end of December. Um, his contract is, is not very good, and he certainly outperformed that contract. And I think that there could be some discussions ongoing right. between Patrick Ajemong, his right. team, and the club about a new contract here. Yeah, there has to be. And I, I would be shocked if Zorn wasn't sitting down with Patrick Ajemong, maybe even as we speak, to like make it happen because we got to lock this kid up. Whether or not we move from Carroll this window, I do think Carroll, this time next year, let's say, it's more likely than not that Carroll Spurders is not part of the club. So we need to start looking to our homegrowns, our one of our owns, and the, the guys that we're bringing up through the development program and locking up long-term. And the reason why uh, I feel good about this situation is because Patrick Ajemong to me seems like a, a kid who has got it between the ears, mm -hmm. where he, he understands that his value as a player has never been higher than it is right now. Mm -hmm. And he's out of contract in December. Which so is not long, not far away, man. That's That's... Three and a half months. So, you have to think about it in a way that um, he's, he's being very smart. Yeah. Patrick Ajemong is being very Fine. smart. And this is an opportunity, I think. Extend him. I think Charlotte FC has a chance to, to, to give him a contract. Remember when Brad Bronico got uh, a mm -hmm. contract extension and a, and a new deal yeah. after he played so well in, in that first season? It's, it's time, I think, for Patrick Ajemong to, to reap those rewards as well. I love that take. I think that's one thing we're lucky uh, to have as a young club is that we've never had a what-the-fuck extension, you know, where, like, the, the club gave a bunch of money to a player and the fans were like, what? Like usually when the when the club dimes out and cheeses out a player, we're like, hell yeah, that player does, has earned it and deserved it. So, Ajemong certainly fits that bill, and I hope that I hope that trait of our club never changes. So, uh, any other player updates? Uh, there's there's uh, there's one uh, player update I think that's important here, um, and that is: are the new signings available for Saturday night? Gary. Yeah, and Gary Urinen, yeah. And Brecht. Uh, Brecht definitely. Brecht definitely will be. I mean, he, he, he played some sub-action in the League's Cup. He should be good. It's going to be interesting to see if he's in that starting 11. You know, we talk, uh, We heard from, from uh, Scotty Arfield. <laughs> Scotty does know it's competition, and he likes yeah, it. Yeah. He, he, like, he brought up competition well before yeah, either of yeah. us said that word, and so you know what's happening. You know, they played, I believe they played, like, uh, an intra-squad scrimmage that was pretty... Uh, uh, full like a real game uh, atmosphere uh, rather than scheduling any friendlies. I know a lot of MLS clubs did like friendlies when they were eliminated for League's Cup. Um, I think our guys just played against each other, but that's fine because there's a lot of competition and uh, uh, the I, the way for uh, Latanzio and his staff to see these players going against each other is probably the right move right now. You know, hearing you say that, uh, it reminded me of um, you know Scott Arfield talking about. Freedom and his, you know, there's two words that I would uh, take away from that interview, competition and freedom. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just so disappointed I didn't get the time to follow up with how he felt about Scotland's relationship with England, their inclusion in the UK, and the future of the country, and its partnership with the Crown. I think it would have been an interesting question to hear Scotty's thoughts on that. I might have to follow up on a future conversation <laughs> that could be happening sooner than later. Uh, so it's, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. 
Uh, we're not a political show, I promise you. No, but uh, I do want to urge everyone, uh, not that I need to at this point, but this is not like you're, this is not doing anyone else a favor this is doing yourself a favor go to the brawny party it's going to be a blast oh yeah good call yeah. absolutely uh, Sunday like, do, at 2 the, o'clock yeah, do the right thing for yourself hot fly our we, pregame spot yeah you we, know. We'll, t- we'll tweet out the link to the event you can find it all over the place but it, it costs $10 to go to this party Yeah. and those proceeds go to beds for kids right. a great foundation Jeez. imagine not wanting kids to have beds you absolute yeah. sociopaths you know, some damn tickets. It's one of those things where the reason why I really like this charity is because it actually identifies something that is very just simple and crucial mm-hmm. to the human experience. Yeah. Which is at the end of the day, you want to be able to lay down on a nice mattress mm-hmm. and you want to be able to, to mm-hmm. get a good night's sleep. And unfortunately, Dan, there's a lot of kids out yeah. there. There's a lot of families out there that, that are not given the opportunity to have that that. What we see as a simple part of human life, right. some other people see that as an absolute luxury. And the fact that mm-hmm. that this um, this organization, and by the way, this organization does a lot more than just you know make sure kids and families have yeah beds. all kinds of like furniture like uh, needs and stuff like that. It's right. Just, yeah. Start with the beds, and it goes to it's all about making people's day to day lives better, which is a charity I can get behind. Like, like I'm not huge on like I love to to help charities. I don't love to give to big slush funds that don't have like specific purposes. I love right. targeted donations that go to specific needs. For yep. sure. So the Brownie Bro Party, the second annual now party, will be at Hopfly mm-hmm. on Sunday. Hopefully after a Charlotte FC win. It's Brant Bronico bobblehead night on Saturday night too. Right. So go get your bobblehead and then bring it to the party and get it autographed. There you go. <laughs> Sounds like I know somebody's going to be doing that. Um, it's, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. Uh, we shout out to a uh, friend of the show, um, the graphic designer of our uh, show logo, Sean Swain. Sean Swain, uh, tremendous TFOs, one of the original TFOs on this show. Um, we've got something special for you on our Twitter account here um, coming in the next few days. Uh, let's post it on Friday. Okay, yeah. yeah let's, let's if you listen to the last episode, then you have a clue, you have a hint as to where we're going with this. Let's yeah. just put it that so, way. So we'll get that on the Twitter page on Friday. You can follow me at John Hayes on Air. You can follow Danny at Danny Brams as well. Any parting shots? Any final thoughts before we head into the weekend? La, 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 la. Scotty, I <laughs> I think I got that wrong, but I do love Scotty. Um, man, that guy was awesome. Awesome to have Scott Arfield on the show. Really hope you enjoyed the interview. If you haven't had a chance to check out our interview with Darius Barnes, the Crown Legacy FC president, you don't have to do anything. Next. Just kind of just let this episode end, and it'll start playing next. Yeah. Yeah. Next time we see Darius, we saw Darius today. We were, right after we talked to Scotty, we need to have we need to come with like a special handshake with Darius at this point. We become fast old, old friends. So. We'll see you on Saturday at Hot Fly pre-match we're definitely going to be pre-gaming there we'll make sure that we are in the supporters end at the supporters bar during the pre-game as well celebrating the soccer city it's going to be an amazing amazing weekend of soccer now that the premier league is back now that all leagues across europe are here as well these weekends are just soccer weekends from start to finish my soul my soul as well so we'll see you on saturday and we'll see you on sunday this weekend until next time it's the charlotte soccer show It's for the crown, baby.